0: That's one of the things I love about the Wi-Fi industry is the entire industry comes together to figure stuff out, make things work, and improve the experience for users regardless of what segment you're shipping into.
1: This is Martha DeGrasse here again for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is The Signal, our podcast, where we bring you the inside track on Wi-Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders. We want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. And this week, we are at CES in Las Vegas, and we're super excited to sit down with Eric McLaughlin. He is VP and GM of Wireless Solutions at Intel. Eric, welcome back to The Signal.
0: Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah,
1: it's great to have you here for an in-person interview. Good show so far. I know you've been in meetings more than on the show floor, right?
0: Yeah, it's been great so far. Really enjoying it and great to see the industry attendance back up.
1: Yeah, it's almost back to where it was before COVID, right? That's good. So we're going to talk about Wi-Fi 7. Wi-Fi Certified 7 was just announced this week. And we're going to focus first on your approach to Wi-Fi 7 for PC clients. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so we're thrilled to see the launch of Wi-Fi 7. As always, these products take time, from standards to certification, to delivering the product. And of course, from our perspective, building silicon takes years of work. So it's amazing to see the launch, to see the excitement around the technology what we see we have hundreds of designs coming out this year where we'll see hundreds of platforms in the market from intel with intel wi-fi 7. i was just talking to some retailers earlier today and working with them to get wi-fi 7 loud and proud in the retail stores so that they see and and prioritize the wi-fi 7 devices that are coming into retail so we see a strong pull for wi-fi 7 Most consumers aren't going to know, for example, what MLO means and what it does for them and everything else. But the translation of a more robust deterministic solution, lower latencies, improved overall performance, QoS, all those things that are coming with Wi-Fi 7 are resonating really well with the customers, partners, and retailers that we're working with.
1: Yeah, last time you were on the podcast, you were telling me about 5 gigabits per second down on Wi-Fi 7. That's something I think consumers can understand Yeah, and that's pretty
0: simple, and it's important, right? I think one thing the pandemic really showed is how important connectivity really is. Yeah. And so, you know, when you can't get connected, it's a panic moment. And having 5 gigabits available and to do the work that you're doing or the play for gamers, uh, connections, social, etc., and I think one of the big changes post-pandemic is that people are doing more of those things at the same time. Right. So Wi-Fi 7 really, really helps with that, right? Those times when you're doing multiple things simultaneously.
1: High density per signal, that's a big part of it.
0: Correct, yeah.
1: So what do you think are some of the devices that consumers are first going to have access to with Wi-Fi 7?
0: So we'll see devices on the PC side from all the major OEMs. Asus and Acer, for example, or out, Mountain Proud, Acer, Dell, Lenovo, we have just announced one of the coolest ones. Here at the show, if you see the MSI Claw, the MSI Claw is a handheld Windows-based gaming device that features Intel Wi-Fi 7, along with our killer Wi-Fi solution, which includes a software suite that enables much lower latencies for gamers. Gamers love this capability, prioritizes the solution that they're using, games and audio primarily, and so check out the MSI CLAW if you're a gamer or interested in seeing just amazing technology innovation.
1: All right, great. Is that the Intel Killer Performance Suite? Is that what you're talking Intel about? Intel
0: Killer, yes. So there's an Intel Connectivity Performance Suite okay. that is non-gaming. Okay. It's for, you know, Intel Evo devices, uh-huh. Intel V Pro devices for enterprise and any other solution that installs it. Killer is primarily for gaming. It's a superset of ICPS and it has a really configurable UI, which gamers love to be able to tweak how the product performs, what it prioritizes, how do they manage to get that extra millisecond of lower latency out of it. Killer allows that, whereas ICPS is more consumer and enterprise focus where somebody just wants it to work in the background Uh and may never even open the UI.
1: So it optimizes your connection? Correct.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's a combination of things. So it's packet prioritization, app prioritization, multi-pipe management. So if you've got dual mode Wi-Fi, right? dual radio Wi-Fi, so you have two Wi-Fi streams, you have an Ethernet connection, potentially... And even if you have a cellular connection in a laptop, we can manage traffic across all of those pipes, and we can aggregate those pipes into one big giant pipe. And then last but not least, one of the main things it does is advanced AP selection, which means it's gonna find in your environment the best AP on the network that you're authenticated to and attach to that AP. That could be fewer users, newer technology, whatever the case may be. We find the right AP, in the background and puts you on that AP so that you're always on the best AP.
1: That's great. Do you bill that as artificial intelligence or is that a stretch? There is. That?
0: There is some kind of early AI in okay. that. We have some unannounced things I can't disclose just yet, but in killer application, we've got some really cool AI stuff coming later in the year.
1: Okay. Let's talk about AI more generally. I think that over time, People here at the show are saying that some AI processing is gonna move to the device away from the cloud, and I would think that that would be a big trend for Intel, right?
0: Absolutely, so our latest product that just launched, Uh Intel Core Ultra, quite a few products launched here at the show, and that's the solution that has the 100 plus signs for Wi-Fi 7 on it as well. This platform contains what's called an NPU, and that NPU is specifically there to do local AI processing. But the cool thing that Intel's working on, you know, Intel's a very horizontal company. We like to democratize capabilities and features and things and horizontal them. So one of the other things that was announced as part of our work in AI here at the show is the fact that in your device, PC for example, you've got a CPU, a GPU, and now an NPU. And we've worked with ISVs all over the world to optimize where the workloads for those specific applications should be residing for AI on which of those elements. Does it need a large language model or a small language model? Does it need super fast processing or slower processing? So those abilities allow the Intel platform to deliver local AI using all of the assets and CPUs that are available in the system.
1: All of the CPUs and GPUs and NPUs, right? Correct, yep. So what are some types of AI applications that are going to be more appropriate for on-device, do you think?
0: Well, I think, just speaking from the wireless perspective for a second, so the wireless device sits in a unique place on the platform, and it's the first place that data comes in and the last place that data comes out. So we see a lot of what's happening at a platform at a network level, more so than other parts of the system or other parts of the network can see. So as we move forward, we see that data, that telemetry, that information being fed into AI and allow things like on-device remediation. You have an issue, you have a problem, you have something that's going on in the network, you know, your driver's out of date, whatever the case may be. The AI can help us figure out what the current situation is, what app's being used, what problem are you experiencing? Where is that problem occurring? And we can fix it. So over time, that's where we see local processing being pretty important to enable very fast remediation for problems. Uh, obviously enterprises are gonna love this, right? So I would love um, it. Yeah, <laughs> so It's, you know, it's going to take some time, right, as we work through this huge inflection point with AI, all the data that's available to get to the point where we know how to do this and do it right and do it in a way that can quickly enable not only better experience, but fixes to the problems that are happening. Okay.
1: So this is very different than the chat GPT type of things that people are very excited about now. That's still likely to go back to the cloud and reference bigger models, right? Correct. Okay. And specifically, what is Wi-Fi's role in enabling AI more broadly?
0: Well, I think first and foremost, we're new, right? (laughs) And we're all going to work together as an industry to figure this out. But I think... You know, we spoke a minute ago about data, right? That's one element that Wi-Fi provides. Having a secure, robust, deterministic connection, which Wi-Fi provides, makes Wi-Fi super well-suited to enabling those workloads that need to happen off the platform and have cloud connectivity. And when I think about it, I look at all the work the industry has done to make sure that Wi-Fi continues to keep pace with the likes of other technologies like 5G, Maybe we thought we were competing with 5G, but what we're really doing is preparing for AI. So I think Wi-Fi is going to play a role, and I think we're all early in this, and we're going to figure out some amazing ways to use this great connection that we can provide to do AI workloads off-platform as well.
1: Okay, great. All right, well, let's talk about predictions for Wi-Fi 7 uptake this year. I think that WBA recently surveyed membership and found out that roughly 41% of the people they surveyed were planning to actually deploy Wi-Fi 7 Mm -hmm. this year, 2024. These were enterprise respondents, obviously. Does that sort of track with what you're seeing in the market?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Wi-Fi 7 makes huge benefits to enterprise. So I I absolutely expect that enterprises will do that. And a lot of those have probably skipped 6E, right? They waited for Wi-Fi 7 because... The spectrum was great, but all the other features, you know, and the efficiencies that Wi-Fi 7 brings for enterprise are huge. So absolutely tracks with what we're hearing and seeing as well.
1: Okay, great. And do you think that on the consumer side, I guess it's hard to really track numbers of percents of consumers that will adopt, but do you think, I mean, a lot of these generations have taken hold first with consumers, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah,
0: usually consumers quicker just because the deployment model is much easier and quicker, uh-huh. but on the flip side, access points for Wi-Fi 7 are going to be hundred or more dollars, more expensive than previous gen, for example, so it does take some time. So what we typically see on the client side is about a a two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half-year cadence where a product is introduced to the time that it becomes the predominant solution on the client side. Now, that's different maybe on a phone, for example, where you're only doing one phone device or two phone devices and they ship millions and millions of units. You don't ship multiple versions of Wi-Fi. You do Wi-Fi 7 and all those devices are Wi-Fi 7. In the PC ecosystem other client ecosystems, you know, OEMs are doing multiple designs, and depending on the price point and the configurations, et cetera, they'll put some with Wi-Fi 7, some with 6E, some with 6, and that's what takes some time for 7 to translate down into the lower system price point solutions.
1: Okay. And on the AP side, you're involved with several of the AP manufacturers as well. I know last time you yep. we were on the podcast, you talked about your work with Broadcom. Is there anything new to update us on there?
0: Actually, I'm meeting with Broadcom two weeks from now. And uh, so we're talking about our next things that we're going to be doing together. What I see is the entire industry. That's one of the things I love about the Wi-Fi industry is the entire industry comes together to figure stuff out, make things work and improve the experience for users, regardless of what segment you're shipping into. So, you know, even our competitors, people that we go head to head with, we sit down and talk about industry things that we can do together coexistence, testing, trying to figure out uh, a good example comes to mind from a few years ago, time-sensitive networking, right? That was new, it was unique, and it was difficult, right? It was challenging. So between our teams and our labs and Cisco's teams and their labs, we developed a way to get, you know, our products way before they were ready for launch, you know, working in not just labs, but we could take it on the road and show people how it worked. We're going to continue to do more of that, and I think in Wi-Fi 7, things like MLO are a big one. I think one of the other areas that I think will come up over time will be the existence of Wi-Fi and cellular private network. How does that work? How do we share spectrum? How do we make sure that the devices easily translate between those technologies? So. I think there's things that we'll be working on as an industry, and we'll take all of us getting together and figuring out how to make this work.
1: Yeah, which spectrum is Wi-Fi going to have to actually share with cellular?
0: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if 6 gigahertz has some some sharing over time, depending on which country you're in, Uh right? uh And so each country is releasing 6 gigahertz spectrum in different chunks, and so there'll be opportunities, I think, for especially coexistence in that respect on how do, we, how do we figure that out. But think of, Kevin wouldn't kick me out of WFA for saying it, is that we all believe that spectrum sharing's coming and we have to figure out how, how to do that. It's a finite asset that we all get to use.
1: All right, we'll have to schedule another podcast to talk about that. <laughs> Eric McLaughlin, VP and GM of Wireless Solutions at Intel. Thank you so much for being here on The Signal.
0: Thank you. It's been great.
1: Yeah, it has been. And that is our show. You can follow The Signal on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and, of course, at the Wi-Fi Alliance. That's y-fi.org. I'm Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance. Thank you for joining us, and please listen again to The Signal.